I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. As Miss Valerie Cherish would say, right? <laughs> and uh, welcome, listeners, to week three of Body Snatchers Month. Snatching yep. the bodies. Mm-hmm. Snatched for the gods, right? Mm-hmm. And we're finally out of the 90s this week, Chris. I know. Thank God. It was a dark time. <laughs> a very, very dark, dark time. It was, it was fun and nostalgic to go back to that era, but uh, yes. it was definitely getting a little too meta for me. <laughs> a lot of soundtracks they were trying to yes. sell back then. A lot of soundtracks. Yeah. Yes, yes. So today we're hopping in our time machine and heading back to the very groovy 1970s. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is the film we're covering today? The Stepford Wives. Ooh. But before we get into that, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Listeners, please welcome to the pod, yeah. Anthony Hudson. I made it. Thank you for having <laughs> yes. me. Thank you for being here. All the way oh, from so Portland, excited. Oregon. Yes. All um, you know, I'm sure I just <laughs> flew in and boy or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, God. It has been a month. So thank you for coming on, Anthony. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been um, like three months. Hello. It, it has. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm really stoked to be yeah. here with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure, listeners, most of you are familiar with Anthony, but in case you aren't, uh, Anthony is a multidisciplinary artist, writer, performer, and filmmaker based out of Portland, Oregon, as we said. Uh, You may also know them by their drag name persona, Carla Rossi, who is Portland's premier drag clown. And in addition to that fame, Anthony is the creator and programmer of Queer Horror, which is the only ongoing exclusively LGBTQ horror screening series in the country, and that is presented at Portland's historic Hollywood theater. Um... And last but certainly not least, Anthony is half of the the dynamic duo behind the fantastic horror podcast Gaylords of Darkness with the fabulous Stacey Ponder. Oh, Um, goody Ponder. Goody Ponder. (laughs) Man. Oh, and I almost forgot the most important title. Anthony is the premier defender of Brahms the Boy (laughs) 2. Oh, thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Do you know what's really... Well, because, like, we're in lockdown, right? So... I saw the last, like, big, like, big, like, like, big, <laughs> I feel like Jennifer Coolidge and Mighty went big, like, big, like, big. <laughs> the last big um, movie I saw, it's so sad to call that a big movie, but that was, like, the last thing I saw in, like, the big theater was Brahms oh, the Boy wow. 2 before we shut down. <laughs> oh, man, that's dark. <laughs> and if that wasn't setting me up for success, I don't know what is. Right. So it will always have a special place in your heart as, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, every night I just go to sleep thinking about that doll and cry. Yeah. <laughs> we, we never should have let that doll into our lives, yes. That fucking little twink oh. doll, god damn <laughs> Little Jared Kushner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, little cushy. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Chris and I are both huge fans of the work you do alone and with Stacy on Gillards of Darkness. You, know, you guys have been going for like, two years now, is that about right? Or close to it? Oh, yeah, I think in November, October, we're going to be <laughs> we're gonna be hitting year two, which is wild. Um, wow. It's my yeah. 
thanks for thanks for listening and supporting the show. I'm so that's why I'm so stoked to be here on Homos on Haunted Hill because um, yeah, yeah. I've loved getting to know so many great people in the horror community through this show. Because um, otherwise, I was pretty just like localized in Portland with my my series. Um, yeah. But two of them, two of the pe- voices I really love listening to and seeing in horror are from you both. So I'm stoked oh, to be here. Awesome. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and we'd love to have Stacy on at some point as well. Um, Absolutely. Uh, we've just kind of been waiting for a perfect film that we think that she would really respond to. I know uh, we did oh, Hell like Night last week. For if we, if we, the seventies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if we had planned further in advance, we might have tried to get her on for Hell Night, but like we didn't happen. Oh, well. um, I'm thinking maybe like Killer Workout, maybe at some point. Oh yeah, <laughs> we oh, ever do yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you, you both already covered Ron too, right? Johnson. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes, oh, yes, yes. But there's there's <laughs> always things to say about Rondy Johnson. Rondy, <laughs> who the fuck is Rondy Johnson? There's always things to say about Rhonda Johnson. Rondy shows up in the sequel. <laughs> Rondy's yeah. her twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she shows up. Yeah. But she, also I wasn't burned. Her name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, the sequel that never was. Oh, yeah, you both were a big. Just inspiration for Chris and I, even for this podcast. So, you know, thank you again. And, um, you know, I, usually when people talk about Gaylords, I, I feel like the first thing they say is how hilarious you both are, which is 100% accurate. But you're also oh, both God, just yeah. very in- insightful and well-spoken. And I think that's a really tricky balance. So, you know, congrats mm-hmm. on that. And it's just, it's, I think it's a great uh, uh, thing for queer listeners and um, horror fans alike. And, yeah, I really appreciate it, uh, everything you've oh. done there. It actually... I. I was going through like a kind of a tough time last summer, and uh, that's when I first uh, discovered Gaylords, and actually it was helped me get through that uh, period of life. So thank you for that. Oh, that really means a lot. I well, you know, um, like we like to tell people, uh, we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. So (laughs) (laughs) if anything can be gleaned from it besides us just talking about dragging our asses on the carpet, then I'm really grateful for that. (laughs) That really means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and if listeners, you want a little preview of you know their podcast, I would recommend one of the Suspiria episodes, the saga of episodes that you've done, right, so far of the Suspiria. Um, well, I mean, every episode is kind of a Suspiria episode, isn't it? Right. I mean, sort of. <laughs> it comes in. It just there's, there's little Suspiria nuggets that just fly in, you know, occasionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, little kernels yeah. <laughs> of uh, sighing goodness. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh, listen, I know what I like, and it's Suspiria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would highly recommend the episode on Halloween, the new mm-hmm. one, because <laughs> it is literally everything I was thinking thinking in my head while I was watching it and just being like, why does no one else see that this movie sucks? Oh, and then yeah. here they come. <laughs> <laughs> just two crabs in the mud. <laughs> that is actually, I think that's our most listened to episode. Um, that's I great. Think besides like our first, our pilot wow. episode. Yeah. And it, it's wow. so, that one always cracks me up because in that one, I'm like, we're just bitter in that episode. <laughs> like, we just hate that movie so much. But apparently it's funny, so I, I appreciate that. But Judy oh, Greer says, gotcha! So <laughs> When she says, gotcha, I'm into it. Stacey's not as into that part, but we can both agree um, that, you know, while Suspiria is our number one girl, 
we are very ready to welcome our new sister wife, which is the sequel to Halloween, <laughs> starring oh, yeah. Kyle Richards and her bangs. Star- well, yes, yes, I yeah. I have heard through the great the grapevine because I have a friend who was at a test screening and he's like you know what she gets a lot of shit to do in this really really and he's Hmm. like yeah she gets like a great few scenes and it's just (laughs) really fantastic well (laughs) that didn't sound great (laughs) she she has two two whole lines she has Um, a great few (laughs) scenes no but apparently she really does get a lot of great stuff to to do and i was like well that surprises me because uh the last one didn't give me much confidence but you know okay okay that's great to hear because honestly like that movie could be this exact same as the last one it's just Mm -hmm. as long as i get to see kyle richards in those bangs (laughs) yeah and ideally like also like a fringe jacket like that's all i want (laughs) that would be wonderful (laughs) we asked for so little right yeah We really do. I mean, yeah. we're queer. So we're else. used to yeah. it. <laughs> Just Living on bangs. scraps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll take what we can get. Thank you, David Gordon Green. We'll have another. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. all we can do. What if we yeah. come to? Uh, yeah. But, uh, so you guys have done so many great episodes. I, I, I like the, the witch episode was also really good. Um, that was one. Mm. That was, I think that was the first one where I was like, wow, like this actually changed my opinion about a film in a very significant way. So uh, oh. you know, appreciate that. Um, oh, I'm uh, that happy was... to contribute to the devil's work. Right. <laughs> because, you know, you start out talking about, you know, your normal uh, discussion and then suddenly it's into like colonialism and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh I just, it was a great episode, and I did we it talk really made about me... that? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it was. I know, right? I know, I know, I know. I have I no idea what... what we talk about ever. I just, um, I remembered little bits of it. Like the other day, somebody posted on the Facebook for Gaylords. They're like, "What episode is it where Stacy talks about embarrassing the nun in the grocery <laughs> aisle or whatever?" And I was like, right, "I yeah. have no idea. I just know these things happen, but I have no idea when or where." Right. I think it was yeah, early on, but that doesn't really help. But I think it was. It yeah, was like I think it might have been ones. an early one. I know yeah, one of yeah. my favorites is um, there, we had do an, did an episode on One Dark Night. Uh, <gasps> yeah. Ooh, with, yeah, where yeah, we yeah. talk about there's a great revelation about Stacy's feelings for Meg Tilly, and <laughs> it <laughs> right. cracks me. Up. That episode cracks yes. me up. So I, I would yes. recommend that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The the running gags in your show, I think that's a, and and I love the fact that they weren't like forced. They're very naturalistic. Like you, you hook on to something that you like and you bring it up again, and it just works. And I love it. So mm-hmm. oh, keep thanks. keep doing what you do. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so back to Stepford a little bit because ostensibly that's what we're talking about today. But we'll see. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <Right. laughs> um. Yeah, uh, should we uh, briefly talk about just our history with this film? Um, Anthony, wh- when was the first time you saw this? Um, oh, yeah. So this one was actually uh, a really newer acquisition for for myself. Um, yeah. I first saw, I, honestly, I saw the Nicole Kidman remake first um, mm-hmm. when I was like a teenager, I think, when it came out in the theater. And, you know, my friends and I went and saw it. We all loved it because we didn't know any better. and We're dumb kids. <laughs> and um, I, I recognized that there were problems with it. I mean, nowadays I, I can't even really bear it. But um, but back then I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I had always, like, made a note to seek it out. And then I just never watched it for some reason. 
And then, honestly, uh, Faculty of Horror, which is one of my very favorite podcasts with Alex right. West and Andrea Subasati. Yeah. Um, the fucking queens. Um, mm-hmm. They did an episode on fa- um, Stepford Wives and Get Out, and I was listening to it, and everything that they were saying in it, like, just, I, I, I knew that the film had this, like, feminist kind of commentary or critique to it, but I didn't realize how essentially feminist it was or not essentially but like how quintessentially feminist and uh so i thought okay well shit i have to watch it now and i sat down i watched it and just my heart was like ripped down on my body yeah (laughs) um i i can't i i was just blown away by how funny it is how smart it is how sad it is um and that it it's it's a brilliant like 70s paranoia thriller but one that i hadn't really seen celebrated like all like the greats like you know like rosemary's baby or well pretty much any other i Eleven property yeah um, <laughs> right yeah so that was that was like my introduction was to stepford was like maybe two years ago and then uh within a few months like i immediately had to book it for queer horror to show it at our feminist march screening um last march in 2019 awesome yeah chris what about you um, I saw it. Uh, I always remember this because it was right around the time the movie, um, the classic, uh, Double Jeopardy came out um, <laughs> with <laughs> Ashley Judd. Yes, <laughs> and because uh, I think it was like o- opening weekend of that, and I rented this um, because I think it had just come out on video recently because for some reason this never hit home video until like 97 i think mm-hmm. which is crazy i don't know why and uh and i watched it and I, I i remember liking it but i didn't really love it and i sort of had the same reaction to um rosemary's baby i actually thought that movie was so fucking boring because i was a dumb kid <laughs> and i and i was like nothing happens here nobody dies like it's just you know like why can't we see the devil baby you know i was just stupid <laughs> i was so stupid and um i guess it was after i read the book rosemary's baby that i rewatched that film loved it and and was like oh my god the book is the film like it is exactly the same and so I thought, well, that guy also wrote The Stepford Wives. Maybe I need to do that, too. And I did. And I watched it again. I guess I was in, like, late high school. And I absolutely loved it. And I've probably watched it a few times since then. And every time it just gets better and better. And I just I adore it. Yeah, we we've, we talked a little bit when we did the Hell Night episode, how, how um, the pacing, you know, on these films, I think... Mm-hmm. For for us as sort of like '90s kids, and Anthony, I think you're around our age too. You know, um, having grown up more on some of these like fast like jump cuts, uh, yeah. uh, slashers, I think it takes a little bit uh, longer to you know to really sit into some of this. But once you do, it's it's amazing and uh, you know fantastic. Mm. Um, and you know, my experience was kind of like yours, Anthony, where like I had seen the remake of this um, first, and then I had only seen I only saw uh, the original within the last couple years as well. So it, it was. But like you, it was, I was just blown away by this film, and uh, I think it's a film that definitely doesn't get the respect it deserves, like you said, and um, it, it's one of those films that it, people seem to know about, even if they haven't watched it, because, you know, Stepford Wife, and this is partly because of the book, too, but the term Stepford Wife is just such a pop culture staple at this point. You know, everybody knows right. what that means. Yeah, it's like um, in the cultural lexicon. As yeah, it. yeah. Um, and it's insane that this is still not available on Blu-ray, which we've talked about. Uh, there's so many but. movies. We just have to put it on the list. Must mm-hmm. be on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yep. 
with Drop Dead Gorgeous and Drop Dead uh, Gorgeous Freeway and uh, oh. Killer Party, Killer <laughs> Party, yes. <laughs> Hello, yep, Mary Lou. Yep. Oh, yep. all of them. They come need on. to come out already. I can't. I mean. There's a lot of really great ones getting re-released on Blu-ray, but I would happily swap out some titles for any of those films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's like, so we get the Prey on Blu-ray, but for some reason, the Stepford Wives is not out there. I, that just doesn't right. seem right. Yeah. It's it's misogynist, frankly. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Before we get rolling on the discussion, I, I've been trying to kind of set the scene for the films we discussed recently, so I'll just do a little overview of kind of what, what's going on in this time period. So the Stepford Films was, was the Stepford Film, the Stepford Wives <laughs> was released in 1975, um, which is right sort of as the Vietnam War is winding down. Um, it was the first film adaptation of Ira Levin's 1972 novel by the same name. Levin, of course, as we said, uh, wrote Rosemary's Bebe, um, another stone-cold <laughs> horror classic. Starring and, um, Moira Rose. <laughs> starring Moira Rose. Rosemary's Bebe. Rosemary's Bebe. Rosemary's Bebe. Rosemary's Bebe, part three. <laughs> <laughs> the Bubba. Oh god, I yeah. want that movie so bad. That movie's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Well, now we have a name for this episode. So yes, Rosemary's Bubba. It's starring Maura Rose. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, and it was directed by Brian Forbes uh, with an uh, with an adapted screenplay by William Goldman. And to further put things into historical context here, the book and film were both released during um, this you know, big women's liberation movement that emerged in the U.S. during the late 1960s and continued on through the 70s. And, of course, it's still going on today, but um, those were during that particular period is what we're sort of talking about today. This movement had a lot of goals, you know, among them was to eliminate sexual discrimination faced by women in all areas of life, as well as promote feminist ideals to the masses. Uh, the 1970s were also where we saw major battles for legislation like the Equal Rights Amendment and Title IX. Uh, this was also when the Supreme Court made its Roe versus Wade abortion decision in 1973. So a, a lot of things were happening. And I think that's why this film uh, is such a perfect time capsule for what it is, uh, because it encapsulates all of these things that were going on. And um, if anybody wants just an introduction to this time period, I would suggest the Battle of the Sexes episode of CNN's The 70s documentary series. It's really well done. And, uh, you know, I think it's also worth noting that there was this sort of counter movement to this as well, led by Phyllis, Schlaf Phyllis Schlafly. That's how you say it, right? Schlafly? I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I've just always um, called her an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, because that that really sums it up, right? No. <laughs> that 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 works too. Kate yeah, Blanchett. Kate yeah. Blanchett, yes, of course. Whoever she played, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. There's there's a Hulu drama series you know out there right now, and I keep meaning to check it out, and I'm sure it's great. I know but, I um, still haven't seen it. I need to see it. Me, me either. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in some ways, these women were kind of the real Stepford Wives, you know, because they yeah. were arguing that the Equal Rights Amendment would require women you know, just a lot of scare tactic things like they would be required to be drafted into the military. It would remove financial benefits for older women and uh, it would encourage ab abortions and just generally destroy gender roles. Um, but sadly, it was fairly effective because they did prevent the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment, um, although not uh, uh, Title IX and smaller legislation still got passed. So th there, were, there were a lot of massive changes that happened regardless of uh, the fact that the Equal Rights Amendment did not get passed. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all to say that, uh, again, this film, I think, is perfect for what it is as a time capsule. And um, 
it's going to be really fun to jump into this. Also, fun fact, 1975 was the year where we saw two assassination attempts on President Ford's life, both of them women, which just goes to show that women can do anything, right? Cool! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I learned um, that in the musical Assassins. That's oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's got the right to be happy. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen Sondheim. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I learn everything from Stephen Sondheim. It's, yeah. Yeah, where do we even start with this, right? (laughs) Well, I've Uh, I've got a synopsis. I don't know. Okay, that'd be great. Thank (laughs) you. Um, Joanna Eberhardt, a New York photographer, moves to the tiny Connecticut town of Stepford with her family to escape the rat race of the big city and instantly makes a friend named Bobby who's equally as disturbed by the other women in Stepford who seem more concerned with cooking and cleaning than anything of substance. Could it be because their husbands have killed them and replaced them with robots? (gasps) Ooh. Spoiler alert, that's actually... Oh, yeah, that is not a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Today on Homos on Haunted Hill. Yeah. (laughs) They do it because they suck. They suck really bad because they're stupid. Uh, (laughs) The men in this film are just... They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, men in general are awful, but... Awful people. Yeah. 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 Were there any general thoughts you wanted to get out of the way before we uh, dig into the kind of scene by scene here? Mm, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's perfect. It's yeah, perfect. That's, yeah. that's all I can say. It's perfect. Yeah. I love. I love mm-hmm. this film. I love. I particularly. I mean, we'll get into it as we go through it. But like, I particularly just. Um, that's why it's it's funny to me that it's like. I mean, like the men are so evil, and that's why it's so funny to me that it was received as like, uh, this like anti woman film. Yeah. Right. By a lot of people in the era, like when it came out. Because it's like the men are so over the top monstrous in this, especially right. Joanna's yeah. husband Walter. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, what I really love about this film is the friendship between Joanna and mm-hmm. Bobby. Yes, and totally. it's like I just don't see how people can look, overlook that, and I think it's just one of the best and most authentic depictions of like a women's friendships. Um, it really that is that I've seen on film. So yeah, it is, and it just it really makes that last act so oh. much more horrifying. Oh. It's just like when when she comes back and Bobby's just been on the on the uh weekend with her husband and she's completely changed. It is that scene to me just it just takes the breath out of you. It's just so mm-hmm. horrifying. And you mm. know it's coming. Everyone yeah. knows it's coming. That's what's mm-hmm. also so interesting to me watching it again for this like last night I was like so, Ira Levin, you know, I feel like was pretty much, uh, especially after Rosemary's Baby, a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone that was going to see the Stepford Wives knew what was going to happen in it. Right. But there's still a sense of mystery in what is happening, and even though you know what's going to happen, like from mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's still yeah. so effective, uh, because it yeah. still builds this reality of this woman's life and her friendship that it's just like, oh. Right. It is masterful. It's like a it knife right in the apron. Brilliant. It <laughs> is. It really is. <laughs> right. It's almost scarier knowing that, you know, uh, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's this sense of impending doom that you can't escape. And that sort of pervases yeah. sort of the entire film. Of, yeah. Where she's every, – every time it seems like she's making progress, it's mm-hmm. sort of not, you know? Uh, yeah. Like where, like where uh, – the, the scene we can talk about later on, but like where um, – 
is it one of the husbands is trying to get her husband one of her um fingerprints or something mm-hmm. and she thinks that she's kind of manipulating him into uh having him get the wives together for this meeting but in a sense like it's part of his plan to getting her fingerprints right that's yeah. And, oh um, yeah with the vo- he's recording her voice to get all of her yeah, yeah and getting that too yeah yeah um oh. It's, it's yeah, it's a very sad film, and, uh, and, yeah. and, and like you said before we started recording, Anthony, it kind of balances that with the camp of it all too, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, in, yeah, it's all of the, so the Stepford wives are intrinsically camp, mm-hmm. and yet it's and and the film is funny. Yeah, it's a black comedy, and yet mm-hmm. it's yeah. so not funny. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, that it's it just does such a brilliant balancing act, which I think also to me speaks to the balancing act of like. I consider this, um, I, this is one of my favorite feminist texts, and yet it was, like, made entirely by men, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then That's I feel so like... shocking. Yeah, I, but I also feel like it's really, like, that that willingness to play and, like, to create that authentic relationship that Catherine Ross and Paula Prentice kind of achieve with their characters that kind of makes it, I think, brings in that authentic, like, woman's voice to it. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. So, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah, just such a... So many balancing acts. Yeah, movie. it's like it's like you guys say in A Gillard's of Darkness too. It's like it's it's uh, when these men like write women like people. It's amazing, yeah. you know how yeah. you know how it comes how it comes out. You know, so much more naturalistic. And, yeah, imagine that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they have hopes and dreams too. Who knew? Right, right. It's yeah. it, it, kind of in that way. It sort of reminds me of Carrie a bit. In that, I feel like it's one of those films where the more times you watch it the more horrifying it actually is because you know what's what's going to happen and you cannot do a thing to stop it yeah it just gets worse and worse every time because you just Mm want to say don't do that it's not going to end well and you can't do a thing to stop it it's horrifying yeah especially too when you see her chances there's multiple Mm -hmm. chances that that uh, joanna could take in this film uh, yeah. to get away or to, to she finds there's multiple alternatives presented to her and it's just like god oh, damn but she just doesn't know because why would you ever yeah. suspect this fucking thing what exactly happens to her yeah right. so yeah yeah we open the film with the stunning joanna eberhardt uh, staring wistfully into her bathroom mirror and then outside a window onto a busy new york city street you know um and joanna is of course played by the fabulous Catherine ross oh she's uh, so good in this so good oh. so good you know Probably best known other than this for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Voyage of the Dam, The Swarm, and my personal favorite, The Legacy. Oh, so good. Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> also starring Sam Elliott's butt. That's what uh, it yeah. is. Because <laughs> it's a work of art. The fact that they're like a couple. Oh, God. It just I love me. it. They're so perfect. Yes. And it's, they're yeah, so that's beautiful. That's why I love The Legacy, they're so hot. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is the hottest couple ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> That movie, like it, it's so many different tones in that film, and yet it somehow mm-hmm. works like perfectly. Oh, it's so oh, good! Such a good movie. It does kind of work. Oh my yeah. gosh! Uh, and you know, as Joanna is packing her car to move out of the city with her husband and two children, she pulls over. Uh, she pulls out her camera to catch a quick candid shot of a man carrying a nude mannequin of a woman across the street, which is, I, I, I didn't really notice that the last time I watched this, so that's a nice little foreshadowing. Oh yeah, out there of like, yeah. <laughs> and I like the kid. Daddy, I just saw a man carrying a naked lady. Well, that's why we're moving to Stepford. That's why we're moving to Stepford. <laughs> so we can see more of that, apparently. More of that, mm-hmm. yeah. God, Walter mm-hmm. is just the worst. 
in this movie. He is. I, he's uh, such a uh, dweeb, too. He's uh, truly just uh, a piece of a piece of work. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Can't stand um, him. And then as the family drives to Stepford, we get this lovely <laughs> travel music playing. Uh, uh, oh, I love the music. It's, it's so calming. It is. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it, it sets a, uh, a false sense of... Uh, calmness doesn't it throughout the movie because mm-hmm. it's it's always that flute that comes in right with the do 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 yeah that like the, the yeah. melodramatic clarinet slash flute wind instrument yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. it's yeah. such a sound you don't hear anymore and it just sets no. the era and this yeah. like false comfort it's yeah. kind of like supermarket kind of music a bit so it right. kind of fits you know it's just it's it's just very calm and inoffensive to the ear you know it's just nice and yeah. And after their long trip, they settle into their lifestyles of the rich and famous McMansion, which is, um, it, it looks great. I mean, it's a pretty great house, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't imagine that being very cheap. Did they ever say what Walter does for a living? I don't think I picked that up. He's a lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah. Lawyer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Must have just totally blanked that out because Walter is, who, who cares about Walter, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, he's um, uh, and as they settle in, we get the Stepford welcome wagon, uh, Carol Van Saint. She arrives with uh, her nice casserole. How quaint. Um, <laughs> Carol and she... Van Sant. Nanette I love Carol. in this role, she is incredible. She I is. love her. Carol I love her is so much. such a mess. This... <laughs> She's just so... Just also I the fact her. that there's a robot that drinks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point that she malfunctions. I just like, right. they, they didn't quite think that one through. Yeah. I love, I love Nanette. Oh, her, her face, like she, I think she really sells. Like all of the wives are so like perfect. I mean, that's the point, yeah. right? But like right, she right. sells that there's something wrong underneath it. Like just her face alone oh, yeah. does that, right? Yeah. And I think you both probably saw, like on Wikipedia, they kind of said that I guess her casting was kind of controversial because they mm-hmm. were going, they wanted to go a different route with the um, the costuming and stuff for the film right. to make them look more like kind of a um, Playboy Bunny type yeah. outfits yeah. type thing or something. And I think in the in the book, that's kind of how it was. They were supposed to be like these kind of like sex sex pods. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah. then they cast Nanette, who I think was the director's wife, yes. which is why she she got the part, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and you know, I guess they thought she couldn't pull off like the wardrobe, and uh, and so they had to kind of go in a sort of different sort of. It's it's almost like all the wives are kind of like Pentecostal now. It's like very like sort of sister wifey, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's somewhere between. Yeah, it's like shabby chic Texas barn party at <laughs> <laughs> a Victorian manor. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. too because yeah, it was a totally like sexist. Uh, like they they just they just thought that Nanette was too dumpy to wear yeah. the sex pot role. So like they literally mm-hmm. like she's like wearing a fucking carpet on her entire body the whole <laughs> yeah. yeah um so she's like covered all the way up to the neck she has long sleeves but and while that decision was like totally um arrived at just through just blatant sexism of like well who wants to look at yeah. that exactly like mm-hmm. the choice that came out of it then or the effect i think is really amazing of of these women like kind of going back to this victorian era like i think so too i think it actually kind of works better i think it works and it, i think yeah. it's sort of a little more effective in terms of the sense of ownership of these of, over these women um mm-hmm. like when 
I think it's the first time Joanna then goes to return the casserole, which, of course, she brings in the right. casserole. But, like, <laughs> she goes to return the casserole, and she looks over, and she sees Ted. I think it's Ted is Carol's husband. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, oh, like, he, like, stops her as she's gardening and, like, opens her, the top of her dress or whatever she's wearing. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, looks at her boobs and then makes out <laughs> with her. But it's, like, mm-hmm. you see Joanna watching this and, like, just this sense of, like, she is completely covered, but then he has access to it. Right. Uh, it's, yeah. It's just... <laughs> it's so icky. Yeah. It's so icky. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it maybe makes it a little more believable, too, in the sense that, like... Uh, if you move to this new city with um, your family and it, it, you, you just see a bunch of sex bots around, you're going to automatically yeah. be, you know, really suspicious. Whereas this is it's a little more slow burn. It's like, oh, okay, it is. that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very um, good point. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. if they all kind of came out looking like Anna Nicole Smith, it would be kind of like, what's I would, happening I would here? Watch like, that what the yeah. hell? <laughs> Although that does sound really good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The ho- ho- hologram or, of her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the, the, um, the hot Concert. dog girl. Emma Stone is the hot dog girl on SNL. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it would be a little different. Yeah. yeah. It would be like, seriously, what the fuck is happening here? But I think it yeah. also, like, it, it – that's what makes this film so contemporary to me too. Mm-hmm. It, like while this is such a seventies time capsule, like you said, Kevin, like mm-hmm. it's also sure. um, so still starkly real. Uh, sure, yeah. And it yeah. and it just goes back to that like react. Like it's about these men and their reactions to feminism and this desire mm-hmm. to go back before f- women's lib. And it's just like, oh, hey, we're experiencing that on a national level, like, you know, for the last five years, if not before that, where it's like Mm -hmm. this sense of let's go back to the 50s when everything was great and we were segregated and women were people. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a a line in this that's that that that's like, yeah, they just uh, go up and they watch uh, dirty movies and reminisce about the good old days. And then I think Joanna's like, what good old days? And I think that Mm -hmm. pretty much sums up the entire film. Mm -hmm. It's like there never was a good old day for anyone but like white heterosexual cis dudes. Like that's not really right. Like they had they did have a really great good old time back in the day, but everybody else didn't Mm -hmm. like, you know, right. Yeah. And they just don't really seem to get that. Yep. Yeah, it's it's been such a cyclical thing. Um, when you get to the '80s, you know, uh, it, you know, it was like let's go back to the '50s, and then you know, nowadays it's been let's go back to the '80s, which in a sense was just let's go back to the '50s. So yeah. it, it's constantly, yeah. <laughs> it's like every thirty years or so, these these men get their uh, get their uh, shit together and try to you know uh, remind us that things were better uh, before you know all the uh, uh, women's liberation and everything else. But it's like obviously it wasn't, and uh, yeah, it's a yeah. it's a thing, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, where were we in the film here? So we we meet uh, Carol, of course, and um, the town the, drunk, the, yeah. the town, <laughs> town drunk robot. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, something seems a little bit off with the good Carol. She speaks in a kind of monotone voice and appears a bit stoic. You know, I wonder why, right? It's all that drinking. Um, yeah, all that drink. It's all that. Uh, um, and then there's a great like little line between. Um, uh, Joanna and her husband where he's like you ever make it in front of a log fire and she's like not with oh, you yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I love that <laughs> like not gonna happen buddy <laughs> I cannot imagine he would be a good lay I just can't no. he seems like he would be like he would probably last like 
15 seconds max. I mean, that woman is not being sexually satisfied. She needs to leave. Exactly. It's yeah, not good. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there's a lot of good humor in this movie, and it's all very naturalistic and off-the-cuff like that. Um, just, like, that's how people talk, and I, that, yeah. that's great. I really appreciate that. And, I mean, and, that, uh, to me, it's like, well, one, it's the, the I think, the amount of, of brilliance that went into how they wrote Joanna, but also Catherine Ross mm-hmm. playing her, where it's true, like, she's just true. so, she's just so, indep- I mean, even though she's kind of trapped in this shitty marriage, like, she's so independent and smart, and, like, she doesn't, she just tells her husband what's up all the time. Yeah. Like, and it, you get the sense that, like, I mean, obviously, before he went out of line and decided to put a down payment on a house and move the family to Stepford, they were right. like a modern young, well, she, maybe she's a youngish couple, like yeah. <laughs> making decisions together, and they were they were mm-hmm. they were trying to work towards some kind of equality. Um, yeah. Until the Stepford Men's Association came calling. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, and sadly, Joanna, you know, of course, does not seem to be adjusting well to Stepford, which who would, right? Um, really? And she's yeah. just, uh, after she sends her kids off to work, she kind of just sits there in the kitchen with her morning coffee and just trying not to break down into tears, which is, you know, again, very relatable. Um, and uh, like you said, Anthony, it's it, a lot of that comes down to Catherine Ross's performance, and it's, it's so great. Um, mm-hmm. And then immediately after that, we meet <laughs> the reporter for the Weekly Chronicle. Uh, which, what is her name? I, do I didn't her. write down her name. She's literally, her name in the credits oh, is Welcome Wagon Lady. <laughs> oh, that's why. That's why you wrote Welcome Wagon. Okay, great, great. Yeah, which is my username today in our. In our I chat. saw that. Okay, perfect, perfect. Oh, I love her. She's oh so fun. gosh, she. It's so funny because it's like, I mean, this woman shows up right, and she's she's like. Oh, welcome to Stepford. And she's she's later on, like she'll talk about how progressive Stepford is because they had the first Chinese restaurant, and like she's just right. <laughs> she's just so excited about everything. But it's so funny to me that I'm like I, I in my early introduction to the film and the book, I spent a lot of time wondering about this character in particular, and like, does she know what's going? Is she a robot? Obviously, she, yeah. I'm like, okay, right. I don't think she's a robot because. She's not married. She's like the, you know, kind of the wacky old, older lady spinster in town. Yeah. But it's, it's like, yeah. it's, she's just so conditioned, I think, from like old fashioned values that she doesn't see anything weird going on. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's like, this is how it was when I was a whippersnapper. Yeah. And it's yeah. Just, it's, I, I guess maybe her husband died. I don't know. Because it does seem kind of strange that. Yeah. Or maybe they were just like, well, she's already kind of in line with what we believe in. Let's just yeah. let's just let right. let let her be. She just kind of does the right. work for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She can handle the paper, and they can handle the brainwashing and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, and then of course uh, Walter and Joanna have that little fight where they kind of lay everything on the table, and you know Joanna just you know t- tells him up front like it was absurd that he just moved them to the city without consulting her first. Uh, and this is where we find out that he has also been involved with this mysterious Stepford's Men Association, which sounds very nefarious. Um, like they probably sit around and planning their next men's right rally, yeah, r- mm-hmm. men's rights rally, right? It's it's because uh... they're so uh, oppressed. They <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> They've been through right. so much. Yeah. They just have um, an attic full of tiki torches and robot parts. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like, you never should have canceled that Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like, it's 
like, what are you so upset about? They are. Like, the Stepford Men's Association is like the original Gamergate. Like, is it is. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. really are. They, yeah. You know how they would feel about Last Jedi. <laughs> <sighs> That's a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's not bring politics into this, guys. <laughs> right. Into this apolitical film. <laughs> Horror films are supposed to entertain. Yeah, I just right. have to right. someone telling me how to think. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Briggs, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, gosh. Which also, you know, listeners, go check out uh, the recent episode that uh, Anthony and Stacey just did uh, that addresses a lot of uh, what we're talking about right now and uh, oh, the sort fabulous. of the toxic uh, culture that's been going on within the horror community right now. And it's uh, what's the name of the episode, Anthony? Uh, um, I, th- I think it's called The Ethics of Fandom. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, yes. It's one of it's our really one of our most recent ones, if not the most recent. It's been a while since we've done one, so I can't remember what who I right. am. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, yeah. I think it was pre. It, it was pre-scream. I think. Oh yeah, was, we like, came right back for scream. That, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, in the story, we head to the grocery store where things start to really heat up because this is where Carol oh. has her little car crash collision, <laughs> oh. um, which is the stupidest car accident ever. <laughs> <laughs> really is. Oh. <laughs> Her poor, oh my gosh! Her head hurts, and I'm she's fine. like, "I don't know what's wrong with me." I'm fine. <laughs> this, this is also silly. This is also oh. silly. I just hit my head. I'm fine. Um, and then she shows up the, the next day at at their door. Is like, if, I don't know what came over me. I drink too much, and it's like, so great. Oh, I love her. I love Carol. Man. Right. And <laughs> Joanna notices that when they drive off with Carol, that they're not going towards the hospital. They're going somewhere else. And that's mysterious, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and isn't it funny how and she then, points out yeah, they're then, like, driving the next in the day, wrong direction? Uh, Walter, yeah. Walter is like immediately like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, like, oh, uh, wait, no, you're right. Actually. Uh, like, I love that. <laughs> like, just that interaction there just tells you so much about Walter and how, like, going back to that previous scene with Joanna and Walter and her kind of confronting him and being like, you don't care if I, if you join, if what I think about you joining the minutes association, cause you already joined it. Just like how you already right. put down the down payment on the house. Like in that moment that she says the ambulance is going the wrong way. He immediately tells her she's wrong. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So this is, he just <laughs> does not believe anything she says or listen. No. And half the time he doesn't oh, no. listen to her no. in the movie. He's just reading his I, right. I think he does. paper or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the film gives you a couple scenes where it's like, does he feel bad about this? But at the same time, do I care? Because he's still a terrible person, you know? It's like, yeah. He, yeah. He, he has he has some guilt, apparently, because he's sitting, like, alone, drinking in the dark at, at a couple points. And it's like, but he's still just awful. Like, I'm not going to sympathize yeah. with this person, you know? Um, and then, impressive. of course, we meet the MVP of this mm. film, right? The amazing oh, Bobby Markow. Bobby. <laughs> Holla Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. motherfucking Prentice. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's mm-hmm. so brilliant in this. I just mm-hmm. want to hug her. Everyone deserves a friend like her. I, she's just, she's a bundle of sunshine. She yeah. is. Bobby is the best. She is. Yes. She is the best. And Bobby and Joanna, I will stand for life. <laughs> like, they are <laughs> Amen. just the coolest. <laughs> Yeah, she has so many great one-liners in this, too. Yeah. Uh, you see, Doctor, my problem is, given complete freedom of choice, I don't want to squeeze the goddamn Charmin. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. When, that, when they go to Charmaine's house, 
And Charmaine's <laughs> talking about how she play the only people she plays tennis with are these two teenage boys with perpetual erections. And yes, and Bobby oh just says, gosh. "Send them over to my house." <laughs> like, yes, she's so funny. Yeah, like she's yeah. a real clown, even though. But you don't. But she's yes. like there to listen. She's just trying to have yeah. any fun that she can because her life exactly. sucks until she meets Joanna. And yeah. all she has in her purse are ring dings and tampons. Mm-hmm. Yes. What does that say about me? It's, it's great. It's so yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love how they meet too. Like, like Bobby hones homes in on her, like, like, like a beacon. Yeah, like, like she just finds her in a yeah. field, <laughs> sitting yeah, on an umbrella, yeah. and is like, "Are you Joanna?" <laughs> right. Like right. she read this. She read this woman's name in the Welcome Wagon Ladies newspaper, the what, the Stepford Gazette, whatever it was. And, yeah, yeah. And she just says like something about her name. She felt a kinship with or something. So she just had to yeah. find her. And it's just yeah. oh, match made in it's heaven. It's instant friendship. Yeah. And right? she and she's and she's just like I thought I was gonna like you. I just knew I was. I like you. I was like that's so sweet. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She, I think she's maybe spoken like three words to her, and she just immediately loves this woman. Yeah, it's so right. great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If this were set today, it would be like she sees a nice Facebook post that Joanna had posted about yeah. you know, taking down the patriarchy or something. Like, oh, yeah. how nice! We should be best friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's lovely. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, it's really sweet. Yeah. And then the Stepford Men's Association arrives at their house for whatever reason, and um, we get this whole scene where he's Diz, Diz, by the way, um, is just sketching this bizarre sketch of um, uh, uh, Joanna. Um, it's like, let me sketch you, let me sketch you like one of my Stepford wives, Rose, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so creepy. And uh, yeah, it's weird because it's it it seems akin to like you know taking someone's picture without them knowing. It's so. Ugh, gross. Um, and it's a little weird. There's yeah. something kind of off about that. It's it's very spooky. Having yeah. gone to yeah. art school, I will say it was a horrifically common occurrence that if you look up and you see someone's eyes staring at you and then they immediately dart back to their notebook, I'm like, oh, motherfucker, another goddamn illustrator's <laughs> oh, <no>. drawing me. <laughs> and you have to confront oh, them no. after class. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to Tear that. Tear it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, that makes sense. But I love, too, that, like, because, like, well, it's. I think it's Ike is the one that's sketching her because he's like the famous oh, yeah. Ike Mazzard right. or something. That's right. And then that's right. Diz, yeah. meanwhile, is in the kitchen having a confrontation with Joanna because she's like she doesn't believe they call him Diz because he's he worked at, he was an Imagineer at Disneyland, mm-hmm. and right. she's like laughing and he's like, no, that's really why they call me that. And she's like, oh, I just I'm surprised you would work at Disneyland. You don't seem like someone that likes to make people happy. <laughs> oh, she just flat out says this to her house guest. <laughs> Because she doesn't like his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so great. But then that they that they know, like, okay, we need to have a famous illustrator to illustrate, to draw the women. And yeah. then, like, we can yeah. pass it off as, oh, look at this nice drawing he made of you. Right. So Joanna, that's like, he's the only guy that Joanna's respe- responsive to because then she realizes he's this illustrator that she's been seeing his drawings in magazines growing up. And, you know, even says, like, right. I have you to thank for blighting my teenage years or whatever. Like, yeah. Right. It's just, right. Oh, it's oh, so calculated yeah. and gross. And that it guy is. does go, oh. um, I think uh, Diz does say, like, the first thing he says is, 
I like to watch women do little domestic chores. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's your opening line? Like, what What the hell? Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, it, if he did actually work for Disney, I, I'm. it's fascinating to think about the fact that, like, Disney is kind of the driving force behind. And I'm, I'm just curious if Disney had anything to say about this film when it came out. Because if you take that line at face value, it's like he learned how to oh. do like this animatronics because if he did actually work at Disney, like it's fascinating that they're kind of bringing that into the equation as well. It might just be a throwaway oh, line, but it's interesting. kind of yeah, interesting in the, to think about In the too. book, um, a lot of the men at the men's, like I think in the film, they allude to it when you see Joanna driving out of town and, and you see like all the like general electronics and all these like data biochemical associate, all these like techni- big technical companies all around them. Or around mm-hmm. Stepford, like, it's, like, kind of implicated that the men at the Men's Association all work there. And in the book, mm. I think it's even more so, like, he was an Imagineer, and then all a, a lot of the men in the town were also Imagineers. Like, they're, like, Disney Imagineers just Oh, shit. Long. Interesting, yeah. That's even worse. And, and I think Ira yeah. Levin was really influenced by, you know, like, as, as, like, Epcot and Disney World, like, became bigger and bigger things... And all of this new animatronic technology was coming out. He's like, okay, well, what if you use that to replace people? Like, oh. it's like, oh, it's wow. so creepy. But it's also like that it implicates dark side of Disney. Yeah, like it kind of implicates it is. Know, Disney, which also now is this mega conglomerate <laughs> that yeah. owns yeah. like I mean, the majority of cultural yeah, right, stories right. right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's kind right. of like okay, so that's one potential use of Disney technology. <laughs> Damn. To ultimately replace oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> God, I don't want to be on Splash Mountain. I don't want to <laughs> You're going to be one of those no. little singing little chipmunks or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small world after you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, God. Uh, with my luck, I'd be stuck on the carousel of progress. <laughs> uh, and like, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. God. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes great. that ride. No, Wait, it's okay. like the worst well, ride. Is there really a ride called the Carousel? Of <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> you just sit, you just sit there. Oh, it's, it's so. Um, oh, it's pretty much where you go when it starts to rain, and you just need to get inside. And it's just yeah. like it just goes through time. Like back in the dark ages, we didn't have electricity, and then we got it. And then in, in 1924, we did this. And it just goes on and on. And oh, oh boy. It just sounds it's it's like the Carousel of Progress. It just sounds like a really bad like, <laughs> um, equity training by like, like a white Democrat. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God. That would be horrible. <laughs> no, I don't want that to be my legacy. Mm-hmm. Please, no. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I, I can't say I'm against. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Disney's the, Disney is the worst. And um, <laughs> back in Stepford, uh, uh, we arrive at the Barnside pool party, which is where things really hit the fan, right? Um, yeah, oh, and probably no. the most iconic scene of the film with the, "I'll just die if I don't get this recipe." Mm-hmm. I think the the moment where oh, every every time a girl. Uh, Every time one of the husbands notices, like, it cracks me up because it does that ding! Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get more and more no. of those con- concerned glances from across the barbecue area, <laughs> like, looking over at her. <laughs> we were in our house last night, we were talking about, as we were watching, we were talking about the joy of um, 
turning this into a party game where you do just go up if parties ever come back after you know pandemic um <laughs> of like just walking up to strangers at parties and just remarking on i'll just die if i don't get this recipe how fun that would be that would be I just, so much i just fun. love watching her just go from person to person everyone just staring at her and she just turns to them and says it it's so good yeah like oh she's drunk again yeah. like, it's and it's so it's so funny it's so quotable but also somehow nanette makes it creepy i don't know yeah. how it's unbelievable yeah. It's so fantastic. And and meanwhile, then you also get Joanna and Bobby just judging everyone. Yeah. And being like, do you want to go home and change and put on our nice dresses? And they're like, no way. (laughs) Like, scandalize the town with our, like, (laughs) tied-off shirt. Like, it's so good. Showing that midriff. They're out. Like, I mean, okay, granted one thing we need to address is obviously there's the fashion of the Victorian doll Stepford Wives but then there's <laughs> also the fashion of Joanna and Bobby it's so good <laughs> I oh, love yes. it yes so much those like tight sheer tops and short shorts and just ugh, all their looks yeah. are so ugh, I love them oh it's so good mm-hmm. I love Bobby's overall yes they just they're so fun I oh she's ugh I think that's in her first scene too, and you just immediately know this 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 gal's gonna be mm-hmm. fun. You just know immediately. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, Carol is once again forced to apologize for her behavior, and um, <laughs> and Bobby's just like, if I was Drunk forced to apologize terrible. every time I got smashed, I'd spend my whole life saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> uh, I love um, I love that they're just like horrified too. They're like. The men made you come here and apologize. You were funny. Yeah. Like it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually like yeah. you. Like, there's no point. Yeah, they're like, get drunk. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Come sit by us, mm-hmm. huh? And this is where um, Joanna and Bobby decide they're going to start a nice little Stepford book club slash women's liberation organization. So that's great. Oh, that line of I dabbled with women's lib, li- women's lib back in college. Oh, <laughs> like it's a drug. <laughs> i tried it once but not again it's fine it's like okay let's start a let's start a consciousness raising group oh you mean a bitching session like it's just so good yeah great dialogue Mm -hmm. Uh, that's wonderful and and that that does not go well watching them try to get anybody interested because these robots are just like but my baking (laughs) right I didn't have time to do any baking yesterday. I was cleaning so much. That's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and that leads to probably one of my mm-hmm. favorite scenes, which is which is when they're all there, all of the wives, and the two, the two of them somehow get on a tangent about like cleaning prop product. And they're, yes. and they're just like, if I ever became famous yes. and they wanted me to be the spokesperson, I would not only would I do it, I would do it for free. It's that line. <laughs> so great. And it's hysterically funny, but then it's also so creepy. Yeah, and watching. It's that Because at that point, they've already met Charmaine, who, shout out to mm-hmm. Tina Louise, a.k.a. Ginger yes. from Gilligan's Ginger, Island. the movie star. Who is like mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. other actual living breathing woman in the town besides well welcome wagon lady and arguably and joanna and bobby that you also sorry did you notice that charmaine's housekeeper nettie her german housekeeper is d wallace 
Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what the what the fuck? She, like her other scenes were deleted, but you see, you can when she first serves them, you see D Wallace drop off their like drinks and food at the little picnic table outside the tennis court. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's D Wall. Also, uh, Catherine, one of their kids is Mary Stuart Masterson, and I'm like, what is happening right. in this movie? Yeah, I did know that at wow. least. Wow. D, what the hell, yeah. D? I love Dee Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Oh my She's god. Charmaine's little German maid. That had to have been like one of her first films. Okay, okay. was this before or after Hills Have Eyes? I think was Hills Have No, yeah, that, that was, was 77. So this yeah. must have been yeah, before. Yeah, 75, yeah. Wow. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Yeah, so she gets this little walk-on role. Yeah. Um Anyway, so that yeah, what? my D Wallace shout out, um, and I just had to they bring. Yeah, no, what's because I've seen this so many times, but every time I don't, I forget to see her up until I see the credits and it says D Wallace, and I always go, what? and so this time I like purposely had oh to God. rewind because it happened to me again, and I was like, there she is. Um, what? But yeah, and so yeah. then when oh you go God. back to the. Uh, their like consciousness raising session and they're all talking about it delineates into cleaning product talk seeing Charmaine (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that like you were talking about that eeriness of seeing these three women just like staring at each other like what the fuck (laughs) like is this really happening what is so creepy oh Mm -hmm. oh and yet it's still so funny yeah I don't know how they how they how they do this Mm -mm. it's magic it really is a insane mm-hmm. balancing act yeah mm-hmm. and I guess we, after uh, that is that when they start trying to like be like so what's actually going on here and they're like there must be something in the in the water mm-hmm. right well and well first you have that off on really that, right? un- that like really uncomfortable scene where Joanna is stopped by a cop and uh, <gasps> is like oh yes. mansplaining the whole thing like the whole time about like how this men's association building which she didn't ask about at all by the way he's giving her like oh. the whole history behind it and how yeah. she shouldn't go near it because she shouldn't worry her little head right and it's just like oh <laughs> <laughs> so weird oh, oh I hate it and um, just that line too where he's like well you know we got there's lots of nice houses with, that cost a lot of money like yours and um, we, we we don't want to have people just like take it. You shouldn't be taking walks just around at night or whatever he says. And she's like, well, that's why we moved here from yeah. New York city is so I could take walks yeah. at night. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Her way of just like countering him. Like, and she just finally says like, okay, I see how it is. And then leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, so your town actually has nothing to mm-hmm. offer them. Okay. And then that, <laughs> right. that little right. bit of backstory too, about how it was like this dilapidated Victorian mansion. Um, and the men all decided to fix it up. And uh, mm-hmm. I th- one, one thing that really drew me in listening to Faculty of Horror's episode about it was, like, them, like, really stressing that point once again. That it's, like, this is a group of men reacting to feminism. And so their natural place to form, like, to base their group out of is this dilapidated Victorian mansion that they are bringing back into the, into the today. Mm. <laughs> it's just, mm. like, yeah. they, literally their dollhouse for their little dolls. Yeah. And then one thing that I noticed that I didn't, I haven't really caught on to before, and I don't know how, is when Joanna leaves that conversation with the cop, then you see um, a car pull out from the mansion, and it's Ed, Charmaine's husband, and he's like crying. Right. Yes. Oh, that's right. And they're like, they're like, oh, you know, whatever. And that's why the cop was being so freaky and like 
trying to keep her away from there is because Charmaine was in there being murdered. Yeah, she... God. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is. And I'm pretty sure every time they show the mansion, it's like dark and stormy. Like yeah. throughout, mm-hmm. the, you never see it in the light, which works no. pretty well to you know heighten that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next day, Joanna and Bobby go shopping, and <laughs> we find out that there is a black family moving into town, and she has to stress that, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she stresses that, oh, it's the most liberal town around, and like you said, Anthony, the first Chinese restaurant in <laughs> Fairfield County. And, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she is so woke. And that's oh I think she is so woke. Is that they're coming out of the is that when they they're coming out of the pharmacy and then they meet the welcome wagon lady? I think I so. Think so. Yeah, yeah, and I love that they take that moment to stop in the pharmacy because previous to that, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Joanne and Bobby are trying to get women together for the group and they sneak into <laughs> yes, the house yes. and they're like yeah. giggling to each other as they listen to the to the pharmacist have <laughs> sex with his Stepford wife. And her like you're the champion, Frank. (laughs) But watching, you're the king. Yeah, and and just it's so one. It sets up this weird relate power relationship with the men and their wives and their sexuality. Mm -hmm. But then it also you get to see more of Joanna and Bobby as they're just like giggling over listening to people have sex while they've broken into their house. (laughs) And like, (laughs) they're just so cool. (laughs) So then they go to the pharmacy and then Bobby has to be like, that's the champion. (laughs) Right. Like, really? Really? He's the one, like, and and, you know, that Joanna later points that out with the therapist. He's nothing. Oh, yeah. He's just a nothing. Yeah, yeah. And she's gorgeous. She's stunning. And he's yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, oh, mm-hmm. I love how judgy she is because she deserves to be <laughs> judgy over these fucking pieces of shit. She does. She does. She does. She really does. Yeah. Um, and sadly, this is when we find that Charmaine has been turned and oh. her tennis court is being demolished. Heartbreaking. And, uh. Um, and uh, there's a line there that I picked up on this time, too, where she's like, um, you see, Ed hated tennis, but I never said a word. All he wanted to do was please me. So it's like, basically, Ed was just such a coward that he never addressed any of his concerns to her. And like, his, the only way he thought that he could fix the situation was to, you know, completely change her. You know, it's, it's, ugh. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is just gross. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to play tennis, dude, like, just don't play tennis, you know? It's like, right. Yeah. And that, that's like, I mean, that's, that's like the story they build into the robot. It's like... It's like they still have to continue to gaslight her after she's dead. Yeah. Like, oh no, it was your fault. You didn't. You weren't looking out for him, and he just he was selfless. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but you're Ugh. the one that killed her, so you could put in your pool instead of her tennis court. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Right. And then, you know, our dear Bobby has a theory about why this is happening. As we talked about, you know, there's something in the water. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they decide they're going to go all Aaron Brockovich and check it out themselves. Oh my god, it's full get the water Aaron tested. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Which truthfully, I would watch that that yes. film too. I mean, that sounds great. Yes. Aaron Brockovich saves the step for wives. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. With one push-up bra at a time. That's what it was. Mm. <laughs> I'll take it. And then we have like a very important plot point where we find out that Joanna lost her virginity to a trustworthy chemist. <laughs> Named uh, Raymond Chandler Ray. after nice. the author. Yes. It's so funny. Nice, nice. God, it's yeah. so um, heartbreaking. I mean, that's just another sequence that like to me is so heartbreaking. 
when when they yeah. go to see him and he's like, okay, well, you got water in your water. And Bobby, <laughs> like, is not willing to believe it. Like, because yeah. they know something's going on. And, like, he just, he tries to reason with them, too, where he's like, okay, I wish I could tell you more, but it's just water. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then he shows Joanna, like, Joanna previously has spoken about how she she really loved him and maybe they made a mistake by breaking it off whatever and then um and then she settled with Walter anyway and he asks her you know if she's happily married she says she is she asks about him he says he is too and then he like is going over the results with Bobby and so he writes down on the chart and hands it to Joanna and is like see here's the results and he just wrote I'm not happy either and he's oh, like trying yeah. to appeal to her and like god i'm like mm. not that she needs a man to get away but no. like she knows she made a mistake with by by choosing um stability with walter and children and yeah. like, the expectations yeah. of a yeah. wife but like she sure. could have there's a person who's willing to help her right there yeah oh it's oh it's heartbreaking it's like oh my god it's always so awkward talking with like ex-partners in, in a situation like that where you know you always think about what could have been and that really brings it to the surface if you're ever in oh, the yeah. same room with that yeah. person again and it's yeah. Like, oh. yeah like where but the whole time that's going on bobby is just like living for it and it, because you know drama for bobby is just like uh, bobby gatorade and it just replenishes her <laughs> replenishes her electrolytes right yeah. and <laughs> so i love that um and then after that, Joanna decides that she's going to confront Walter and tell him that she wants to move. And strangely, he seems very open to the idea, but only if they wait a couple months, mm-hmm. which should raise some warning bells there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then oh, Bobby and her husband go away to the plaza for the weekend. Uh, and this is oh, no. All the no. shit goes down. The s- I don't want to get to this the part. The second that she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know. yeah, I'm supposed to ask you, can you watch the kids and the dog? Oh God! It is so heartbreaking. It just, I, oh God! You I just, just know because we already knew what happened with Charmaine. She said they mm-hmm. were going away. We yeah. know that. We know yeah. what the hell is going to happen with Bobby. But even then, like it still seems rational that they go along yeah. with it because, like she mentioned, this is their annual trip, like their honeymoon. Every mm-hmm. year, their, or their, exactly. their anniversary every year, so it's, and it just happened yeah. to line up with when she was going to be, be taken. Yeah. Oh God, that whole bit, and and then once she comes back, that's yeah. that's when the film kicks it into high gear, um, and it does not mm-hmm. let up. <clears throat> right. Oh no. Mm, that um, whole scene, it's just oh. And we I see. <laughs> Joanna watches, uh, you know, Bobby's kids, and uh, of course all that, and then and her giant dog, the big. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it turns out Bobby has eight thousand kids and a gigantic like Peter Pan Nana dog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she would. Oh gosh, she would. And- and Walter just proves that he's still so helpless because he's like, how do I amuse these kids? I don't know how to amuse these kids. And she's like, Walter, I amuse them seven days a week. Yes. Like, go fucking sing a song or something. As she's in her dark room, smoking and developing pictures. Yes. That is a mood right oh. there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, the saddest scene, right? We talked about, but Bobby has been turned. Um, and uh, um, stop by any time. I'll be here. And it's, yeah, it's a lot. Oh. Um, 
sad. Although, it's just so sad. The immediate aftermath of that kind of cracks me up because Joanna is so distraught that she's like driving along and she almost <laughs> like runs over this group of school children yeah. who are outside the oh, bus. Yes. And, <laughs> 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 yeah, watching Joanna take it out know. on the town with her car in response to that. Like, she's, <laughs> yes. she's yes running things over. She's backing into mailboxes. <laughs> she just like drives halfway through the dirt leading up to the house. And she's just like... <laughs> We need to move now. Oh, yes. She's not having it. I was like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, it's, uh, oh, man, it is something else. Tragic. And Walter continues, of course, to gaslight Joanna and says, oh, you should see a psychiatrist. So that's uh, what she decides she's going to do. Um, uh, Yeah. What what do you guys think? think, So good. Is this therapist, I assume she's not part of this. It doesn't seem like she's part of the scheme. Well, the first time I saw it, I thought she was because in Rosemary's Baby, of course, the doctor towards the oh, end, yeah, who you think is. who seems to be on her side, turns out to not be. So I thought, okay, Ira, I see what you're doing here. And then it turns out that I'm pretty sure she is on her side. That that that's sure. how I read it. Yeah, for me. For me, the the therapist is one of the hardest parts of the movie and most heartbreaking because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this woman by mm-hmm. no means needs to believe her. Like, no. Joanna even says, like, if it's true, I'm like, Joanna just like holds back everything she isn't saying. And then the therapist calls around on it. Joanna um, then says, if it's true, I'm crazy. And if it's not, it's even worse. Or, or and if, yeah, I, I love if I'm part. right, it's even worse. Yeah. Um, and then the therapist like i just feel like she just believes her when she gets down on her mm-hmm. knees and yeah. grabs onto joanna's hands and she's just like you're gonna take the kids you're going to leave i will be back on the 10th i will call you will call me or i'll call you i will find you and we will figure out what to do next like i yeah. I, I fully believe right. that scene that interaction and it just feels so authentic Same here. and mm-hmm. that yeah. th- once again like bobby or like Charmaine or like Raymond like this is another person that is there to help Joanna but like Joanna herself says it's too late and it's just it hurts so much and in the book that's another reason why I think the movie might almost be more successful than the book is in the book the therapist um, is just like oh we'll just give it some time and doesn't believe Joanna Hmm. like doesn't give her doesn't Hmm. urge her to get out of the house like oh, the God. therapist is just like you know I'll you need some help <laughs> like give it some time hmm. um, wow. but whereas this therapist is just like like it, it, I've just watched um, I only should have watched season one but I watched both seasons of Big Little Lies recently and it reminds me of I don't know if you've seen it but Nicole Kidman's therapist who just yeah. like, like I'm like this yeah. is the same character like this person that's just like yeah. rent an apartment pack a bag yeah, pack true. the refrigerator <laughs> like it's Exactly. This woman that mm-hmm. has seen mm-hmm. what other women have gone through, and so she knows that when she knows a cry for help when she sees one. Yeah, it's. I, I think it kind of makes it so yeah. much more yeah. tragic because for the first time, oh. you you kind of think she might be okay. This might turn out yeah. all right because there's that little glimmer of hope, and then it's just instantly crushed. And I that makes yeah. it so much more heartbreaking and oh that, I think that is probably the best part of the entire film that yeah. scene 
And I mean that I think Catherine Ross is brilliant in that scene. And like that should have been like her Oscar clip. That scene. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, Oh, that whole sequence just breaks me. (laughs) It's so rough. Uh, Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And she brings the Disney, the Disney thing back into it again. With she'll be like one of those robots in Disneyland, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, very, it's, uh, it's really effective. And just that and, line, like she'll and there look are so like few me people. And she'll talk like me, and she'll take pictures like me, but she won't yeah. be me. Oh, it's oh god, it's it, yeah. it just goes back to that yeah. to that feeling. I, I I I think that's why these movies are so effective is because. The idea of losing who you are and what makes you unique is so terrifying. And I almost wonder if that's only mm-hmm. something that people who are sort of marginalized can relate to. Mm. You know, I, I, I feel I feel like that's why people like that relate to this so much is because, you know, they're trying to strip us of everything that would make us unique and interesting and trying to turn us into them and they aren't that interesting mm-hmm. you know and it's just, it's just so right. sad and 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 terrifying yeah well yeah and i think i think that's why i think queers or yeah marginalized people could re- can relate to this movie so much or can really sympath get behind i would hope that anybody that watches it would just be like oh this is fucked <laughs> but like yeah. i would hope like so that, yeah <laughs> we know the expectation of having to be something you're not and like that the right. threat of like conversion right. therapy like that's mm-hmm. pretty yeah. i mean to the point that that becomes kind of a plot point in the remake which is terrible but like it's it's still one of the mm-hmm. interesting things that happens in the remake um right but it's like yeah yeah that this forced uh coercion or not even no just this forced compliance with going along with this ex- cultural expectation um, yeah. So that someone can control you better is just like, mm-hmm. ugh. especially when she's just um, so much more interesting than all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, why yeah, would you yeah. want this other thing when they're just boring? Yeah. You know, I don't, right. I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, that's been a recurring theme throughout the month um, with this, where it, it seems like there's always this. Uh, the others are always trying to be silenced, of course, by um, the. Uh, uh, the repressed straights who are coming in to try to make you be one of them, except for in the faculty, as we kind of yeah, realized last week. Yeah, the faculty is actually that's different. a weird one <laughs> because like they're do drugs, it, be gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh... I'm like okay, <laughs> been doing that for a while now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you. You really kind of seem like a lot more fun than this. Yeah, small, small, small little town. So mm. why the hell not? Yeah. But, yeah, I'm still not really, um, really sure what the message of that film was. I really. think like, I think the message of that is Famke Jensen needs to always have tentacles coming out of her head. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a message I can get behind. <laughs> but not those oh, horrible no. bangs. Not the bangs, nope. please. Famke, come on, girl. Era for bangs. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, Courtney Cox, Josh Hartnett. It yeah. was just, yeah. it was ugly. It was so ugly. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh wow. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I almost don't want to finish the film because it's it just gets it sadder just gets and so sadder. much worse, it just, uh, <laughs> especially this. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's and you know it really starts 
Yeah, go, oh, go I'm just, I was going to say it's shocking to me that I love this movie as much as I do because this kind of ending is the kind of ending I hate. Yeah, and, sure, sure. But I, but th- it would not work. And I mean, as the remake proves, it would not work if it, you had it exactly. in any other way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not usually big on the sort of depressing endings myself, but I feel like they kind of earn this one. Yeah. It's it's because I really don't know how else it would end. I mean, it's like if if she kind of like stormed in at the end with like a, a shotgun and and was like, hey, f- hey, come on, fellas, I gotcha. <laughs> like it, it, it wouldn't really like it might be fun, but it just wouldn't. I, it's something would feel kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't about have it. the impact because right. it, it's the hopelessness, no, which no. speaks to the actual hopelessness of systemic misogyny. Exactly. Right. Like that's right. what makes that's what make as absurd as the premise of the film might be, um, particularly for mm-hmm. 1975. Like as absurd as that might be, it's the the finale. The finale is what gives it that impact and makes it real. It does, right? Yeah. And ultimately, it's reflective of the real world too, because you know they were mm-hmm. trying to pass this ERE at the ERA at the time, and um, it was not effective. Essentially, the Stepford Wives came up and said, "We don't want this. We don't yeah. want this anymore. Like we want you to just be like yeah. one of us." So it's very reflective, and it, 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 man, it just it's it's really sad, but uh, yeah, uh, hits on so many realistic aspects as well too, mm-hmm. and. And Diz is just so, like, calm throughout this whole thing. It's like, okay, Joanna, I'm going to murder you now, but it's perfectly natural, so don't worry your little head. It's... Oh, God. God. The fact uh, that, you know, and she... I, oh, sorry. No, no, oh, go ahead. The, like, the fact that she... I mean, she has... Joanna has one mission. Get back to the house, get the kids, and leave. Like, she's she's literally just following the mission that the doctor gave to her. And then, like, okay, now she gets home. Walter's this drunk, just mopey little piece of shit. It, like, tries to beat her. <laughs> gets knocked over on the stairs she runs she still is looking for those kids i'm like god joanna why do you have to also be a good mom (laughs) i can't yeah really just leave your kids (laughs) just fucking leave them yeah yeah but like she has to find her kids and then diz is just such such a creep all the way through that mansion until she gets into the replica of her bedroom which, like, what a grand gesture. Why does that need to happen? Why do they need to build a breathwork? I wonder that, too. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit fancy. Yeah, there's no it? reason like, for hmm. it. And yet, it, no. it yeah. kind of is, like, a final little straw in, like, is she going crazy? Like, oh, look, mm-hmm. here's your room. Everything's fine. And there's Robot You. And now Robot You. Uh. How brilliant. Not to keep going back with what the book does differently. In the book when she confronts Joanna and stabs her, um, that's when Joanna kills Bobby. And in the movie, Mm. you know, Joanna gets strangled with pantyhose by her own double. And just that image of her and and the, of the robot with those like, um, Lincoln park contacts, (laughs) like, (laughs) walking towards her in that sheer robe negligee thing with the pantyhose, like, wrapped around her hands to strangle her. It's just... Mm -hmm. So haunting. Which, are are those eyes because she wasn't finished yet, do you think? Or was it just like a a stylistic thing? I think the final touch is they... I personally think they take her eyes. (gasps) Oh, that's so creepy. I never even thought about that. Ugh. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god, that just made it so <laughs> much worse. Because that's yeah. like how, they, I mean, like in art, you know, like that's how you bring a painting or a drawing to life is like creating that lifelike eye of like, you know, adding the light and the way that light reflects in it. And that's what gives something life is in the eyes. So I've always just assumed. Oh my god. I've always just that's, assumed they take That's like Lucky, Lucky McKee's May at the end of that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hmm. May. We need to add that to to the list. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Movie. yeah. 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 Paris. Yeah. So horny, horny lesbian. So good. Yes. <laughs> oh. Do you like pussy yeah. cats? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so good. Oh. Also, not on Blu-ray. Come on, What's people. That? Oh man. man. This is shocking. Ugh. Hmm. But that ending. This ending is so. I I've heard some people say that they think. <laughs> They think that Joanna's just pretending. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. At oh, at like the at the I'm grocery like, store? So, yeah, I'm like, how would she get away? And they'd be perfectly fine with her just like being herself, like just pr- pretending to be a Stepford wife. I'm like, what? That doesn't make. I any mean, sense. they do that in the remake, and it still doesn't work. The remake, right? right yeah. Yeah, because yeah, really in the remake, it's the sa- it follows the exact same. Like, there's the confrontation, except then she makes a joke about AOL mm-hmm. or something, and then she gets turned into a yeah. robot, <laughs> and then they show the grocery store, and then there's like the big ending after that, where there's the twist. Right. Yeah. 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 There's like the big party where like everybody gets turned uh, norm normal again, and, it turns and then out- Glenn Close has like a nervous break- breakdown, which is admittedly delightful to watch because it's Glenn close but it's just it's glenn so close weird. is one of the five reasons to watch that movie but but then like she but really that's like is. just like, like how pointless and not getting of the point or or you know yeah. the movie is that glenn close is behind it all because she wants women to be it's like yeah. no, it's the men are fucking evil <laughs> yeah it's like somehow they actually i think that's a much less uh feminist film yes absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just because it's like so she's the one that wants that wanted to do this because she believes that she should also be trying to keep other women down like what yeah because although you you could are you you could argue that that does tie into like the, the phyllis shapely thing yeah, from the 70s absolutely but, oh, true true but but true. still i think i i agree that like it, it it's always the men that are driving this. I would argue, even in the yeah. case of Phyllis Shafley, that she was working with the men to to further their cause. And yes, it benefited her to what her ideals. But I don't think, yeah, I, I think having just had Glenn Close be the the one villain didn't really work super well. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and it no. was like because because yeah. Christopher Walken was like her husband, and he's a robot, but she killed him because he was cheating with a woman and so she decided women have to be robots so she won't be cheated on like it was just like <laughs> right if you're so going weird. to play the phyllis yeah. Schlafly, like she's actually just a gender traitor then like True. Yeah. they could have done that in a different way than like oh he cheated on her and then that's why all women had to be robots like it's like yeah yeah it's like what it's <laughs> very, so true. very yeah. true yeah, yeah. but i agree there could be an entry point in there but it's just like it's like yeah, yeah it's a yeah. really interesting idea yeah. it's it's so much more effective that it's that i mean it works out this way that the men are just fucking creeps um oh yeah going back to the book i swear this is the last time i'll go back to the book but but like to sum <laughs> okay. up what a monster walter is and i think maybe it it wouldn't have worked on film it would have been weird and it wouldn't have um like like the midsummer director's cut it just would have made walter into that much more of a horrible cartoon but um right. In the book, like, I think it's the first... In the movie, like, I think it's the first night 
that Walter comes back from the Stepford Men's Association, he's like kind of drunk and shaky. And he's like really disturbed by something because that's, you know, you assume that's when he found out like what it costs to join the, join the Men's Association and live in Stepford. And Joanna's trying to yeah. figure out what's, what's wrong with him and he's just like really shaken. Um, in the book, when Walter comes home from the Men's Association, uh, Joanna wakes up and he's just masturbating next to her in bed. Ew. So like he's getting oh, off God. on the idea already of replacing her, Ugh. and it's like he's just—he literally does not care at all about this woman. It's just the idea of her having bigger tits. It's like, what Jesus. does it for him? Ugh. And I'm like, that is just so oh, much gosh. more effective and also real than. Yeah. Well, Glenn Close did it. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> unfortunately, like, like with, I mean, just how sexist and misogynist this world is, it's like these men yeah. are really like their problem with women is that they speak and that they aren't just fuck bunnies. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Ugh. Oh my but god. But that ending, those women all in the grocery the store. Is, Hi, Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's god. so good it's so good it's so sad and then it's so good right yeah i feel so torn yeah. as a queer viewer in that scene because it's like oh my god this fashion is amazing yes. but it's also so sad <laughs> yeah. also they are so tan in that end scene like yeah. joanna is like they are, what's like up with Carmel. that yeah like she is just like yeah so <laughs> I was like, does robots can't tan? Yeah, I seeing those that. differences yeah, of like, okay, well, that's why she had to die. She needed bigger boobs and she needed a tan. Like, it's, <laughs> what yeah. is wrong yeah. with these men? And then, it's yeah. like you can one of my those. favorite things about the ending, though, is then you see Ruth Ann right. arguing yeah. with her husband. Mm-hmm. And you you know it's going to mm-hmm. just think she's mm-hmm. the next one. Right. But maybe oh. she'll maybe she'll stop at this time. That's my hope. No. I like That's to my, think so. Try to be optimistic, I guess. That's my hope. I've yeah. always, I have always wanted to make a sequel to this film, and I think you, you have to build it around Ruth Ann. She's, yeah. Oh my god, that would be really Thank good. Thank you. <laughs> that would be so good. Fifty dollars, Jason uh, Blum, as you say. Yeah. Fifty dollars yeah. as non-president of uh, Blumhouse. I greenlight. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty sure that's how it works now, based on the last couple yeah. of years. Yep. yep. I can pay you ten bucks for your idea. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have much, but I I, I believe in I you, love kid. Ruth mm-hmm. Ann there, and it's just like God, that cycle is just it's gonna continue unless it, it, she does something different idea. but oh, oh wow I would love to see well because I, I know that there have been technically yeah. sequels I have not seen <laughs> any of them Me neither, yeah. but they're all made for TV so I'm sure they're gripping um, but I, I could just never bring myself to watch them I just thought eh. I same yet also I am dying to see them because I know in the yeah, like Revenge of the Stepford Wives <laughs> has Marge from the sim- like Julie Kavner um, is one of them. Oh yeah, I've only that. seen a scene where she's like she's kind of having her Bobby kitchen freakout moment. But in that one, I th- in oh that my one, God. I think it's so funny because they change the mythos for each. I went on like a Wikipedia deep dive at like five in the morning one night, and they changed the <laughs> mythos for all of the sequels. So like I think in that one, it's all the women are taking a pill that controls them. Oh, and then the Stepford children, Weird. it's like 
then the parents are turning their teenagers into robots or something. It's like, it just looks so, and then the Stepford hmm. husbands is like the, it's just like these evil, sexy women turning their husbands into robots. <laughs> like, I just need to see it. I need to see all of that's them. That's too, po- too political. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about disturbing behavior and ar- arguably that's just Stepford teens with a, you know, without the title. Really I never is. saw yeah. that it's, one. Um, kind of I always is. wanted to. I heard, it's I actually heard it really good. Surprisingly. Around. Well, it's, it's, not it's bad. It, yeah, it's interesting. And it's one of those films that they cut to shreds. So if you can get your hands on like a version that doesn't have all the cuts made, it's better, but it's hard to find yeah. something like that. But, um, mm. uh, but it's, it, it's it, pretty decent. Yeah. What, what the Stepford does, Stepford Wives does better. Well, it does so many things better, but like, um, well, yeah. the, the tension is so subtle in this film. Whereas in a film like Disturbing mm-hmm. Behavior, it goes from zero to 10, like, oh, at the drop of a hat. Oh, and it's just, I'm, it's a I'm lot. Sure to deal it's with. just nuanced for days. <laughs> right, well, you know the nineties. Yeah. The nineties, yes, <laughs> known for the nuance of it all. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like they can't really show us that the characters are paranoid. They have to have the paranoia, paranoia, paranoia yeah. in the background. <laughs> it's like, like we get it. Oh gosh, I think. And we, we talked about how, like, with that film, that the director was given just a, a list of songs that they had to work into the film. Like it was from like Tower Records or whatever, and it's like that. That's the nineties. Like really, yep. they just like they I were assigned. Music to put in the movie? Yes. That's amazing. How yeah. crazy. Oh my god. Well that's like that's like the scream sequels down the line. It was just like, okay, what oh, what yeah. Creed songs are on this soundtrack? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, oh my god. god. Like what god? <laughs> oh still too soon. Wasn't there one in uh Halloween H two O? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. that was like, what's this yeah. laugh? <laughs> oh like, my god! I don't know what this life is for, Creed. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I oh think Kevin god. Williamson just they like, were everywhere. Had, like fell and like owed Scott Stapp money, or I don't know what. He single handedly made yeah, Creed yeah. happen. I don't yeah. know if I can forgive him for that. Yeah. That's, that's a really bad. Damn you, Kevin yeah, a Williamson! Pact between a formative uh, gay screenwriter and a Christian <laughs> rock fan. <laughs> There's your the movie. For a different yeah. time. Oh God! Time I, but to be yeah, alive, yeah. movies don't really have soundtracks now. That's that's kind of weird. That's that was very big then, and now you have nothing. It's just like, well, here's the score for the film, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, if they have one. Um, yeah. I kind of like yeah. this new era the, of like, yeah, that's uh, movies without soundtracks and scores. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of into it, too, because a, a lot of the time, it would kind of kill the t- tension yeah. a lot. Right. Where it, it was like, okay, this is almost starting to get intense, and then there would be like a Creed song, and you'd be like, oh, well, that just, that good good lord you know it's just completely gone i i, I don't know what started that honestly i think like, it, i'm trying I, to pinpoint having really. just done the scream episode with stacy for gay lords like i feel like it was scream i feel like it was which I, is I funny because i love the score um but then yeah. watching it this right. time i'm like marco beltrami ruined everything because <laughs> it's just <laughs> every time anything happens there's like bring like, like Stacy points out, a school <laughs> bus shows up, and you hear a music spike, and it's like, okay, yep. calm down, yeah. calm yeah. down, take a breath, calm down, right? Yes. Oh, and then so James true. Wan was yeah. like, "But what if I added a violin and a and a wind chime?" <laughs> and it's just like, calm down, you guys. Oh gosh, and a little tinge of hopsicle. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's only so true. it's only been within the past couple of years. Yeah, we've really gotten some like, 
like nice atmospheric dread scores again and that's been yeah nice. i'm here yeah. for good atmospheric yeah. like rumble or you know just if you're gonna yeah. do no soundtrack that's also great but also can we bring yeah. back melodramatic clarinet <laughs> i'm into it i'm very into it, it right <laughs> Yes, I believe yes. Carrie also had a little melodramatic clarinet, and mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. gorgeous, and a little bit of nice comforting guitar, yes. you know, yep. with some nice yes. strings. Mm-hmm. I'm I I, I I like a nice mel- melodic score, which we don't really have now. There, it's it's just like industrial like yeah. noise or. Just like I'm like that's not a score, guys. Right. Like, come on, <laughs> like right. I want something I can hum. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do we have any like final thoughts on Stepford? Um, why is it not on Blu-ray? Yeah, that's what I would like to know. I I, know. I, I do have an idea as as to why this particular film is not so popular and that's because it 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 never really came out on home video and i think a lot of people in our generation kind of grew up with that sort of like video store thing and you never saw it there so it wasn't something that you that you would see and kind kind to say oh i want to see that so it doesn't have like the same cachet mm. i guess um because it didn't come out until, like I said, I think 97, 98, which is so bizarre to me. Um, I think it I think it, you, it would come on TV occasionally. But yeah. I, I'm not sure why it never hit home video until the late 90s. It's so bizarre yeah, to me. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, it's, that's really weird. It was, I, I guess, I mean, the movie was just a flop. It didn't have that same impact that they expected from other, like from Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Um, right. I mean, the DVD got that re-release, which I think is the one I have, but that was like 2004. Yeah, I think it was tied into the release of the remake, yes. I think, because the, uh, the, uh, the, the tape was Anchor Bay, and then I guess Paramount bought the rights so they could do the remake, but I think it was released theatrically by Columbia. So That's I'm like, weird. what's going on here? Hmm. It's just a lot of weird, like rights issues i guess if it i think if it had that if it had some like a blu-ray release and stuff i think we'd see a big we could see a big resurgence of interest i think so too yeah it's it's still so topical and it's just so well done it is the performances are so good and and to me it does sort of feel like something that would come out right about now it's got that same kind of slow burn feel like a like a a24 yeah. film like it's it's got that that sort of i guess what they like to call the elevated mm-hmm. horror you know or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um it does have that kind of a feel so i think it, it would be very popular well, and like and i love why this is why i feel like this is why faculty paired their episode with this movie about um separate wives but get out like i mean i love I mean, obviously get out's great it's also a yeah, remake yeah. of the stepford wives Oh, it yeah. really is, yeah. Sure. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Except in totally. that one, you get an ending where the person gets away because it would right. just be way too real and way too dark to not see that ending. Although right. I do think the original the he gets shot had, had him getting, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, instead I think of his so. friend who's at the TSA um, showing up, a cop shows up and just kills him. Which, like, yeah, once right. again, like, Stepford Wives would have so been that much more real, but it's like... 
It's right. just that's way too real. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. at at the time it was released, yeah, it, it wouldn't have really felt right. And uh, I think they 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 tried to do another one where he's just sort of take, taken in, and I think he's he technically lives but he's probably not going to get out yeah. of prison and i'm like that's equally yeah. as dark <laughs> like this is I, it, so i don't i'm kind of glad that they made that a little more uplifting yeah I agree. um because it, it just i don't think it would have really fit it would have kind of felt I- mm-hmm. icky but, you the, know? but yeah. the paranoia Especially. and all that is all directly come it's all there Stepford lives. yeah for sure for sure. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a mix of this and uh, the skeleton key a bit. Oh like it yeah, has sort of that vibe yeah. too. Yeah. Um. And and I, I was like, wow, this is this really is like just the Stepford Wives remade, but actually done well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 With higher production values and you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's there's all these sort of feminist films from the 70s that uh, it seems like don't get the love they deserve and Anthony you and Stacy have covered a couple of these as well but you know like let's scare Jessica to death and Messiah of Evil oh, and yeah. the entity and just like there's daughters of dark oh. daughters of darkness of course and, uh, my favorite um so I, I and they're films that I had not seen until like the past like I don't know within the past like four or five years here and so it, it has really opened my eyes to been like I love 70s horror like it's the best in particular yeah. It really is. They had plots, actors who could act. <laughs> they have plots. Yeah. Atmosphere. <laughs> so yeah. Who knew? That's who that's knew? what you need. And you know, it's it's and it's coming nice. off yeah. culturally, historically coming off of that burnout of seeing all the potential of the sixties annihilated and mm-hmm. coming off of assassinations yeah. and coming off and, and seeing like this disillusionment with the country and with Vietnam and it's just people were really in a thoughtful space and i i think if media comes back (laughs) we might be in a new kind of 70s horror era i mean i guess you could say i hope so working towards it with get out and midsummer it's getting there suspiria they're all kind of retreads Mm -hmm. of what was being addressed in the 70s um i also just realized they they actually stepford and get out they're also both photographers which is interesting um (gasps) i didn't think of that yeah but yeah, oh. Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. look at you. Yeah, who knows what will come out after this era? I guess we will. We will well, see. Corona but, Zombies uh, is currently being made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the the hot Corona topic. Corona Zombies yeah. 3D. Yeah, it seemed like we were possibly moving to some sort of Universal Monster movie thing. It seems like that's still in the works, but we'll see like what becomes yeah, of is all that. that. So topical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Um, I w- I'm looking forward to Karen Kusama's Dracula, but everything else, I'm like, I don't really oh, yeah. care that much about. I love Karen Kusama. I mean, anything oh, she so does good. is brilliant. So, yes, good yes. lord, she's a genius. Yes. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Anthony. It's been a joy. Yes. Thanks, yes. thank it's been so much fun again for having me, and thank you for letting me ramble on and on and on about one of my all-time favorite movies. It means a lot. Anytime, oh, yes, yes, you are always Absolutely. welcome on here, and Stacy is as well. And um, uh, th- thank you both for continuing to you know do what you do with your podcast and uh, keeping everything relevant and holding people that need to be held account- accountable accountable um, with a platform that you have. That's amazing, and yeah. Well, thanks. Great. We're just we're just mm-hmm. angry theater nerds. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. Birds of a feather. <laughs> yeah, we can change mm-hmm. the world together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's uh, this question? Uh, where's the uh, best place for people to follow you on social oh, media? Oh, oh yes. Well, so okay, I've got a very small list, um, but it is a list. Okay. Uh, so you can follow <laughs> Gaylords of Darkness. Um, you can access us wherever podcasts are conjured uh we're at gaylordsofdarkness.com also on facebook and instagram as gaylords of darkness we are on twitter as gaylords of d because stacy is a troll <laughs> and then um uh, i'm on in, the all pretty much all social media as at the carla rossi and my website is the carla rossi.com and then our our screening series queer horror you can find out more about um it's linked through all of those things, but also uh, at queer-horror.com. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, as always, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter at H-O-H-H Podcast and Instagram at Homos on Haunted Hill. Uh, we'll be telling you what we're going to cover next week soon. Uh, it's, it's, it's another good one, though. I'm excited. And... Um, In the meantime, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Come back anytime. Yeah, bye.